Hello, welcome to uh, the podcast. My name is Paul Nichols, the investor coach, pulling back the curtain on the financial services industry and exposing the truth about money and investing. I hope this finds you well. Man, has it been a crazy year in 2018. We had really nice uh, growth in 2016 and and 17, Uh, but 18's been volatile. And of course, everybody loves volatility when it's up, right? Uh, But not when it's down. Uh, Again, my name is Paul Nichols. I'm the host of It's Your Money, the podcast that is designed uh, to dumb down the industry, so to speak, and pull back the curtain on some of the techniques and and strategies that they employ. Uh, I do a market update every so often, uh, not as often as I should, uh, but I want to go ahead and go through that today. Predominantly, I'm going to focus on uh, kind of a review and the market as it is right now. It's been rather rocky this year. Um, And after the election, it got a little bit... uh, uh, a little bit uh, more uncertain as it relates to Wall Street and and uh, and how they look at things. So uh, let me go ahead and get into the market update. I'm gonna, as it is today, uh, we'll do a quick overview of kind of how it's progressed through the year in the different areas, uh, and then we'll talk about uh, kind of why it is the way it is, or at least uh, the leading perception uh, of why the market has uh, been as volatile as it has the last few months uh, daily. It's been crazy. So first of all, the idea of the market update uh, is to give you an overview of the entire global marketplace. We uh, at Financial Abundance believe in an academic approach to investing. We employ uh, the academic truths of the last 50 years of empirical uh, realities that's brought to us through research from many different notable institutions from the University of Chicago, Dartmouth, Yale, Benheim Center for Research, on and on and on. There's lots of different areas. But in very simple terms, for those of you that, are, that might be kind of layman to the whole investing world, uh, the idea of investing is relatively simple. Own equities, diversify, and rebalance. The idea is own equities. Those would be stocks and bonds. Um, you would want to own equities. You would want to diversify, and that is around the world in all 45 uh, countries uh, that you can invest in, in all the emerging markets, and all the developed markets, and all of the United States, understanding the concept of umbrellas and suntan lotion. We never know what's going to be up, but, but we do know uh, that something has to be up at any given time comparatively to everything else. So, um, you know, if you're smart enough to have the foresight to realize it's going to rain a lot, well, you can own a lot of umbrella companies. Uh, if you have the foresight uh, to believe that it's going to be uh, very fair weather, then you, you might could say, well, I'm going to own a lot of sun lotion companies. But if you're like most of us that don't have a clue, uh, and anyone that implies they do is either devious or ignorant, and that's Paul's opinion, by the way. You're welcome to that. Um, if you, most of us don't have a clue, so we're going we're gonna to employ the academic truths, and that is own equities, diversify, and rebalance. Rebalance not on an opinion-oriented scenario, but one that's hardcore, pre-wired, predetermined, percentages, filters, etc. The idea is we've got to take the human, the human condition out of the investing process. Uh, see, investing will never make sense. It'll never be logical because it's made up of billions of illogical people. And when it comes to money, most of us spend so much more time uh, trying to earn it than we ever do learning about how to manage it. Uh, It's just the nature of the beast. Sometimes we're so busy. uh, There's an old saying, I'm so busy, I don't have time to pay attention, you know. Um, But with that being said, own equities, diversify, rebalance. And by the way, as a quick side note commercial, if you don't understand the market or how it works, and you've got a 401k and IRAs and stuff like that, I would encourage you 
to check out our website, faicoach.com, or give us a call because there's no reason why you should not have some education that leads to clarity and confidence. And that's really what we believe. We believe peace of mind is attainable. This is why we do these types of things, uh, these podcasts, to reinforce the academic truths. Many of our clients and folks uh, that we work review these and listen to these. And those people, new people stumble across them and learn. And if you're one that wants to not be a wandering generality as it relates to finance and your financial future, but actually to have a plan, a strategy moving forward. And I don't mean a marketing plan or a marketing strategy. I mean a bona fide, hardcore, uh, wired plan, not some hypothetical 500-page Monte Carlo simulation sales report, but an actual clear plan that requires some homework on your part, some reading, some studying, some coaching. Uh, You need to take responsibility for this situation as it relates to finance. So if you're that type of person uh, and you want to uh, have as much control as one can garner, uh, in an area where <laughs> uh, control is fleeting, uh, at least you can get educated. So own equities, diversify, rebalance. With that being said, it would be important that one understands the overall complexion of the market as a whole, hence our market update, just to give you a snapshot of where the market is. So as of this morning, ooh, ouch, uh, this would be 2018 year to date. Let's go through the market as a whole. Let's talk about U.S. large companies. U.S. large growth companies, according to the S&P 500, which is 500 U.S. large growth companies, year-to-date is a half a percent to the negative. Russell 1000, which is large value, not growth, but large value companies U.S., is down three and a quarter percent. Russell 2000 index, which measures small cap or very small micro companies, is down almost five. Russell 2000, which measures small uh, micro value companies, not growth, but value, is uh, six plus down. We get into the international arena. So in U.S., large and small, it's down, folks, respectively, uh, as of December. It wasn't that way through the whole year, which I'm going to hit on. But let's move over to international because we want to understand the complexion as of this morning. Uh, business uh, closed yesterday. And what we have is a Morgan Stanley Capital International. Uh, when we look at the developed areas of the marketplace, it's about negative 15%. When we go into the emerging arena, uh, it's down about 17 to 18% respectively. So what we've seen here, ladies and gentlemen, at this point, across the board, the market's down as a whole. Uh, across the board. Uh, there's really no area uh, that's up, um, even in the area of fixed. That is, if you're not in equity stocks, you're in uh, cash or very fixed-oriented things like bonds and T-bills and stuff like the government CD is a T-bill in simple terms. But unfortunately, interest rates uh, have been so low for the last decade because of the uh, monetary policy in part because of the, the Fed uh, that there's even more uncertainty. So I'm going to hit on why the market is as volatile as it is here in a moment. But let me, before I do that, let me, let me give you a recap. Uh, that was a market update for uh, December 11th, uh, 2018, as of uh, December 10th close. But let's talk about the year as a whole. Because the year didn't start out this way. The year started out uh, 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 a little slow. Now, last year, we did really well, uh, double digits in, in the U.S. Uh, emerging markets was the best-performing asset class last year, uh, 35 to 40% respectively. International was up 25%. U.S. Uh, was up uh, uh, 10 to 20% across uh, small in U.S. So hopefully you got all those gains. Um, but this year, it started out a little bit rocky. So at the end of last year, those gains were all rebalanced 
uh, for the percentages that one's portfolio would dictate, uh, and it was rebalanced at the beginning of the year and ready to go. Well, at the first of the year, the first quarter of the year, here's what the market looked like. It basically, uh, U.S. was down a couple percent uh, as a whole, international was down a couple percent as a whole, and fixed was down just a little bit. So even cash in areas uh, was down. So in the beginning of the year, uh, there was a down the first quarter. Well, the second quarter into June of 2018, uh, things picked up uh, quite a bit uh, that helped the U.S. a little bit. U.S. large was up, but U.S. small um, it was up quite a bit more, uh, five to seven percent respectively. Uh, but international across the board was down. So at the end of uh, June, mid-year, hopefully those of you that employ an academic uh, structured approach uh, to investing would have rebalanced out of some of those gains in the U.S. and ended up with more shares of international. That's what should have happened to you after June. Uh, uh, for though any of those that are academically, empirically looking purely at uh, the realities of investing, not all uh, the hype and the prognostication and the guessing and so forth. But then we get into the third quarter, and U.S. was was doing pretty well. I mean, we were double-digit up in small, double-digit up in uh, large value, uh, but international was still down uh, and was heading toward double-digit down in emerging markets. So at the end of the third quarter, for those of you that have an academic portfolio, you should have had a lot more shares of international because the very nature of rebalancing would have forced you to take some of the gains in the U.S. Um, and capture those and turn that toward rebalancing uh, into internationally. Well, then we got into... Uh, the last uh, a couple weeks, so I'm going to look at the end of November by comparison. So 10 days ago, just to give you kind of an idea, um, when we looked at uh, the end of September, uh, third quarter there, uh, like I just said, U.S. was doing fairly well, but international was still down. Uh, when we looked at two months later toward the end of November, right after Halloween there, uh, before our, our famous Pennsylvania deer season, that's a big deal here in, in central Pennsylvania, uh, we were still up in the U.S. We were up uh, two and a half percent in U.S. large uh, uh, to one percent roughly uh, in small value. Uh, although international really took a south turn, uh, and that's predominantly due to the tariffs, which I'm going to hit on in a moment. So, what we saw then uh, is at the end of November uh, we went from those single digits uh, down into the double digit arena internationally across the board. Um, so what does all that mean? Well, for those of you that employ an academic approach to investing, who understand own equities, diversify, rebalance, the market always hits new highs, you understand that what's happened through the year isn't totally negative. It never, it, it, it never helps to have a conservative 2 to 3% to an aggressive portfolio 10% down for a given year. But we got to realize that's a, that is an unrealized loss. It's on paper. Uh, just like if you have a realized gain last year, it's on paper unless you take it, okay? So what ends up happening is for those of you that employ an academic approach, which is what we promote and pursue, then through the end of the year, it's not totally negative, and if the market's down a bit, depending on the respective portfolio, the good news is you've got a lot more shares, which is the whole idea in long-term investing. We know long-term the market's always hit new highs, and it will for you. And some of you might say, well, geez, Paul, I'm, I'm retiring in three years or five years. My friend, uh, look, you may be retiring in three to five years, but hopefully you're not checking out for another 25 or 35 years, which means you don't take all your money when you retire and shove it in a mattress. And for those people, especially those advisors out there promoting that, that tripe, they really need to be educated about it. Uh, what I find is a lot of people parroting 
the outfits that they work for. And it's that same old dry, uh, ignorant, uneducated, limbing, follow me, I know better type of mantra that uh, for those of you that want to control uh, as much as one can and to really understand what's going on, I, I strongly encourage you uh, to make a stand in 2019. Uh, and I encourage you to make a New Year's resolution to say, look, I don't need to get a PhD in finance, but doggone it, I need to understand a little bit about what the heck's going on with my life savings. Um, so let me encourage you to get educated. I'm all about that. Uh, uh, what you don't know bothers you, okay, more than what you do know and don't like. What you don't know bothers you more than what you do know and don't like. I submit to you. So uh, you can, I was talking to my son recently about the 11 year old boy about the concept of being proactive versus reactive. And I was trying to get him to understand this. You know, you can be reactive or proactive in your life. Now, you can't always be proactive about everything, but I'm trying to get him to think. The idea is think a little bit, okay? You don't need to have somebody leading you around by the nose. You need to think a little bit. Now, we need to have leadership and we need to have mentorship and coaches in our life, but we also need to discern whether these people are fruitcakes or not. And you need to think a little bit about. And what I find in this country right now is a lot of people that aren't thinking much. And I want to encourage you. I want to lift you up and encourage you uh, to make a stand in 2019 and say, I'm going to learn a little bit more this year about how money's invested and where my money's going and, and kind of what's going on. Think about how much time you spend chasing it. Real quick, let me wrap up with this because I'm getting passionate, fired up over here, and talk about why this year is so crazy at the end of the year. Here's what we got. We've got kind of like a... I don't want to call it a perfect storm because that connotates a negative situation. But let's talk about three major factors that are creating a tremendous amount of uncertainty in the marketplace. So when you're dealing with uh, traders and the predominant large investors and so on, uh, the people that predominantly do most of the trading uh, in the country every day, they're, they're looking six months down the road. They're constantly trying to anticipate and understand uh, what the market conditions are going to be down the road. And whenever there's uncertainty, whenever there's uncertainty, they're not, they're not sure which way to go. So they hedge their bets, so to speak. So let's look at the last couple years. And this isn't a left or right political thing, but you need to open up and understand this, okay? The reality is that uh, uh, after the election last year and the new administration came in, it's very clear uh, historically uh, what the conservatives do as it relates to monetary policy. So there was a little bit of certainty as it relates kind of what the market was going to do. It was very, it was very predictable, if you will. Okay. Well, we had a couple really good years. Okay. This year, uh, a little bit um, uncertain starting out predominantly for two major reasons. One would be the Fed Fed Reserve, and we're going to be spending a lot of time next year putting out some content to get people to understand the simplicity of, of how the Fed works and what it's all about. But uh, for simplicity right now, understand that the Fed sets the interest rate that banks borrow money for simplicity. And based on that interest rate, then uh, um, they, uh, banks get a certain rate, bigger banks, and they sell it to larger banks. And, and there's room for everybody to tack on a little bit uh, and, and make money off the interest rate after what they pay the Fed Reserve or the government when they put that out. What happens is when the Fed starts messing with interest rate policies, that is in the last uh, year ratcheting them up a little, little too fast, people in the market that, again, the certainty they're looking for, start to get, well, if interest rates 
rates are going to go up, let's take money out of stock and put it in the, in the area of a fixed arena, you know, like cash or bonds, because the idea is it's safer. If the interest rate is decent, I'd rather get 3 4 5% uh, in a safe environment than 7 or 8 or 10 in the market with risk. So you have this money flowing out of the market, stocks, over, over to bonds and stuff, and it makes it look like there's this huge market correction when really there's just a reallocation because of the uncertainty. So luckily, the Fed has started to slow down their aggressive uh, ratcheting up, which really, it's intrusive. And we'll be spending more time talking about this next year. Uh, if people really understood this, and, and my goal is to get them to understand it next year, uh, what the Fed really is and what they're all about. And uh, when you start to understand a little bit more about it, you start to say, what? wait a minute, this is almost manipulation. But we'll get into that. Suffice to say that the perception of the direction of the Fed has a heavy weighting on the uncertainty or certainty of the way managers and traders pursue their strategies. The other area we have uh, as it relates to this kind of perfect storm is we have the Fed um, and they're starting to mellow out a little bit. Then we have tariffs. Uh, uh, the current administration has been doing a lot of these trade deals and, and so on and so forth, which has created another whole area of uncertainty, especially with China, which is a, which is a huge deal. Uh, look, the reality is, and for anyone that understands economics, uh, they have no choice but to acquiesce at some point uh, uh, and find some kind of middle ground. Now, luckily, uh, they put that, uh, the current uh, trade tariff uh, uh, hiatus for 90 days out there uh, with China. I think we're eight, five or six or eight days into it, so there's another 80-plus days, and they're trying to work that out. Until we get some certainty as to how that deal is going to play out, the market's still going to perceptionally not know. So, you know, you're going to have the volatility because some are guessing one way and some are guessing the other way. The third item that kind of creates this perfect storm and the massive volatility, which we love volatility when it's up, not when it's down, would be the results of the last election. Left, right, or different, it makes no, no difference. The reality is this. The perception of the people and predominantly the traders and uh, the market people uh, is now that we, we may have some stalemate. Because uh, now we have a mixture. We don't have one party uh, predominantly, which is a little easier to predict when one or the other party's in when you have a mixture. So now we have a mixture of the, of the two parties. Uh, so that creates a little bit of uncertainty because we're not sure, uh, when I say we, the market as a whole and the people involved in this industry, we're not sure whether we're going to continue with some clear policies uh, that relate to en- economic growth or whether there might be some stalemates and some different things related to policy. And I hope that they can just get together and get something done. Uh, But the track record, and all of us know this, and our frustration for many Americans, left, right, or middle, uh, is their their lack, their lack thereof getting stuff done. And so um, those three items uh, are creating a lot of uncertainty. Hopefully that'll play out uh, as the year closes out. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen by the time the end of the year is over, but I I, I don't know if we'll recoup where we are. But, you know, stranger things have happened. and then this year, uh, it speaks to the two-thirds bias we always talk about in our practice. Two out of every three years is up. Uh, one out of every three years is down, historically, since they've started tracking this back in the 1900s, early 1900s. So at this point, if you look at the last uh, five years, we had a flat year, a slightly positive year, a really positive year, a really positive year, and it looks like a negative year. So uh, none of this is a surprise. Hopefully, you understand own equities, diversify, rebalance. 
Wow, did I have too much coffee today? I think I did. But I appreciate you listening. My name is Paul Nichols, the investor coach. I'm the president of Financial Abundance, a registered investment advisory firm located in Happy Valley, State College, Pennsylvania. We believe in an academic approach to investing, own equities, diversify, rebalance. The news is nothing but noise, ladies and gentlemen. If you have a prudent portfolio that's designed to get a market return, because returns come from the market, not from managers, for the long run, all the news you hear is nothing but noise in the short run, and it really doesn't matter. Education, clarity, confidence. If I don't uh, get a chance to uh, share with you before the holiday, uh, Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, uh, uh, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever your faith and or practice, we wish you the best during the special season that we can come together. Uh, fellowship and hopefully lift each other up. So with all that being said, thanks for listening. Have a wonderful day. We appreciate uh, we appreciate you. Take care.